I've, I've wanted to talk about this so bad, and I don't think this is going to, you know, burn anybody's loop too bad. But, you know, when you do that. Out of stock, Amazon filter, you know, less than 10 sellers on the listing, two, between two and 10 sellers. A few people that are really, really good and just take all the information possible from them. And I've found that everything I do, that's like the best way to go about it. Amazon is probably one of the easier businesses to start. You guys are just ripping your all's money, and they end up getting the inventory that ends up selling for what they paid for, taking massive 50 or 60% losses. I've watched like multiple guys throw their business away due to this. I have like $2,700 stuck in the rewards. And I just message about it and they're like, we're not giving it to you. Like uh, if you're struggling right now, definitely stick with it um, because it's gonna be hard. I think a lot of it is you, you want the result, you gotta stay excited about the opportunity. Thing and you're like, it's gonna be really, really easy, which I can tell you were like all pumped up and I'm like, oh man, he's gonna hit that down slope and he's gonna be like, oh, this is so hard. I thought I'm gonna be rich like next month. What is up guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Side Hustle Spearman Podcast. Today we are gonna talk about kind of the mindset you need to have when you're either just starting to sell on Amazon or you're trying to go from OA to wholesale or books to OA or whatever you're trying to do, just kind of like some of the pitfalls you're going to hit um, and how you can overcome them. We'll talk about how we have overcome them. And then we both are started other businesses outside of Amazon. And that's kind of where this all came into play. Just kind of the struggles we're facing with that and just kind of how they apply to Amazon as well. So what's up? Yeah. And we've talked about this stuff previously, obviously, like a lot of these episodes are about advice and problems and that kind of thing. But I think experience, experience it firsthand compared to when I first started the Amazon stuff. Uh, I think it was also easier when I started. So I didn't have sure. as many pitfalls I'm having now. But I think a lot of the like commonly peddled advice online probably doesn't play into, into factor for a lot of people. Like, you know, stick with something for three months and you'll just be successful with it. I've learned that three months is just not a long enough time horizon. Like you might fail for six months. You might fail for nine months. Little things like that. I think people don't really, it doesn't sell well on the internet. So people don't tell you that kind of thing, but that is the reality of a lot of these different businesses. Yeah. And I've definitely like noticed that too. And I think time is a really good way to look at this stuff because it could go both ways. So you could be 90 days into something and be like, oh, I've made no progress, but you have made progress. There's a lot of stuff you've learned. Like I've been watching YouTube videos, any chance I get or when I'm sourcing or doing whatever on this other business I'm working on and just getting acclimated in it. It's very huh, like difficult, like all the software you need. So, like, if you're starting on Amazon, like, Keepa's a good, obviously, you need Keepa, you need Selleramp or another calculator tool. It's helpful to have inventory labs, like a repricer. But just learning how to, like, right then and there, like, you have to learn four softwares, right? Like, it's easy for me now because, obviously, I've I use all of those softwares and know how to do it. But at the beginning, it becomes super overwhelming, and I think that's totally normal. Because you're going to have, it's not like you just learn Keepa. Like, yeah, that's a good place to start. But you're going to have to learn Selleramp and then a repricer. And each one of those, it's not like they stack on top of each other. They're all very different. 
Yeah, 100%. I think it can definitely get in your head when you're starting with that kind of stuff. And every task is always, this is just a common trope, you know, it, it's always seems much harder than it actually is. You know, just the, the time you put in and the more time you spend doing these type of things, it's just going to get easier. That's kind of what I try to look at every task. If it seems a bit daunting, the, you're procrastinating for no reason. Like if you just put the hours in, it'll be much quicker. Like what I'm doing, I've waited over a month to build a landing page for like an offer I'm running. And it took me a month to do this, to get in my head to do this. And I cranked it out in like three and a half hours one day. So I, I put all this procrastination up, like I was studying for a test. I just really didn't want to do this. I was making all these excuses. I just sat down, turned my phone off for a day, three and a half hours, I built the whole thing. And I haven't even had to touch it since. And it's just like working normally. So a lot of it's the same with Amazon, same with anything, you know, you can't find products and you have all these different excuses. Like if you just sit there and do it for long enough and, you know, iterate on what you're doing and trying to get better then you're just going to get better. It, even if it does seem very daunting, like look at Inkeepa, look at Keepa Product Finder, look at all the stuff. If you just do the work, it's going to get a lot, a lot easier. It's easier said than done, obviously, but you just need to take that mindset into it, I think. Yeah. And I, that's what I've learned a lot this week really too is you have to it's not really it's doing the work so for the business i'm working on there's just lots of data that you could go through and to kind of get to the finished product that you need to do and it's just daunting because yeah i have to learn how to use three new pieces of software that i'm learning to use and there's just these little intricate steps that you go through and also I think what's hard too is almost finding the right people to listen to. I mean, in the Amazon space, I mean, there's so many people now, um, a lot of them are good, but some aren't that good. So you could be listening to, maybe you're watching this video now and me and you're like, oh, you should use keep a product finder to find stuff. And then you're like, okay, like you guys are only seven episodes in, so I've watched all your stuff. So now you're going to watch something else. And they're like, never use Keeper Product Finder. They're like, uh, like, what is it? <laughs> so you have to like decide for yourself. Um, and you learn that by doing stuff. And I've learned that a lot too. Like I was really hot on listening to one person. And then I found this other person. And I was like, oh, wow, this person's much more helpful. And they got to have a different plan of action. And I've cycled through about five different people. And this one person has definitely been the most helpful out of all. And I'm probably going to buy their course. Um, so, you know, that's another thing too. Like we're always big on mentorship. We talked about that. And I think how to make your first $10,000 that episode. Um, but I think it's a weird thing because you want to take action, but you also want to be smart about it. Like I was going to, like I knew in my head, I was going to buy a mentorship or a high-end course um, just because I want this to go much quicker and get that guidance and someone I can ask questions to because I don't know anyone in this space. Um, and to me, I was just like, okay, I understand you want to do this quickly, but watch some free stuff. Like vet out what you like, who you jive with. And then once you kind of know, um, who's the most helpful? Like who's giving away the most stuff for free? Because then their paid stuff is hopefully going to be 10 times better than what they're giving out for free. Yeah. And I'll, like when you're, when you're looking for people like that, I think it's easy to get into information overload, especially if you watch 
you know, people yeah. like me at the beginning, I'm kind of, I look at this a bit differently, I think, than a lot of other people, especially like the big content creators in this space. I'm not as hyper positive about everything. And then you see a guy that's hyper positive, and it's very difficult to know, well, is this guy right or is this guy right? Is this guy just bitter or whatever it is? What I found at the beginning of doing all this stuff is I usually try to find someone that I know knows what they're talking about. And, and usually that's for some like written form. So I'll usually base it on Twitter and then I'll watch their podcast if they have it and then try to just take everything they say in. At the beginning of my whole journey, Soros was like the guy that I paid very close attention to. I watched everything he went on. I was in arbitrage ops. So I watched all that stuff. He's not as like outspoken about Amazon these days, yeah. so it's difficult. But but there's always guys like that. You can just take anybody and just try to extract everything that they have into whatever. And really, if you like transcribe lots of their YouTube videos and their podcasts, you could probably throw it in Chat GPT and make your own course. But you know, that's really I would just focus on a few people that are really really good and just take all the information possible from them. And I've found that everything I do, that's like the best way to go about it. I try not to let the information overload destroy me because I think it does with a lot of people. Yeah, that's kind of, that's how I've been attacking it too. And I think that's one of the best things you can do is find, I think a big hack too is look at softwares in the space. So for example, like Celeram, they don't have a podcast, but Miles and Warner both have YouTube channels. Miles has the Buy Box Balance podcast. Like, listen to that. Like, that's how me and Ju got connected. He heard an episode that I was on on their podcast, and I that's what that's been my plan for this whole other business I'm doing. I'm just listening to podcasts and being like, I found one. It was helpful. I then instead of listening to all the current ones, I went all the way back to the first one, and I'm listening my way up. So. In the space I'm doing, a lot of people have different approaches to what I'm trying to do. So I get to hear all these people, how much they're making, um, how, like, the tools they're using. Obviously, they're all using the tool of the podcast. But outside of that, there's just different verticals all these people are in. One, it's like, okay, a lot of people are successful doing this. Two, it's really not that saturated. Kind of like Amazon, a lot of people say it's saturated. And sure, is it harder than when I first started? Yeah, it is harder. But you just have to come up with different edges and different niches. And it's just funny how, and I will eventually say what I'm doing, but I want it to be like more up and started and like kind of rolling a little bit more because I'm still just kind of new and still very, you know, it's not there yet. But it's the same exact thing. It's they basically teaching the same exact thing. Find like a niche, find an edge, you know, do that. And then as you learn, then you can like grow and expand upon that. And I think just hearing a lot of different people talk, maybe in the Amazon space, it's not as great, but listen to this podcast. It's like, Oh, what are the margins? Everyone has pretty much the same answer uh, for this niche. And it's like 25 to 30%. And the math definitely checks out because uh, you could see like on just what I'm looking at. It's like, yeah, if they are doing that, like those are kind of typically the margins for this. Um, so you get to find that you get to hear other successful sellers. And then what am I doing? It's like, okay, like the podcast interviewed Drew. So does Drew have a YouTube? Does Drew have a Twitter? Does Drew have an Instagram? And then, okay, like, let me see 
what Drew's saying. Eh, like, I don't really like what he's saying, so I'm going to go on to the next person or wh- whatever it happens to be. And then I, that's how you learn. You just keep going down this hole. And it's frustrating in a way for me because I want to be I want to be on the podcast talking about I did exactly what these people did. But there's just so many, like, little details that I have to learn to even, like, get close to that. And I think you almost have to turn the frustration into curiosity. Like, how do you do this? Not, why is this not working? It's like, uh, because you don't know what you're doing. Um, So, but it's, like, a very tricky path. And I can see why, like, I would quit. Be like, ah, you know what? I'm just going to forget about this. I should just stick with Amazon. But it's more just, like, that's what everyone does. Like, I can see why people quit. And that's kind of why it's almost weirdly motivating me the opposite way. It's like, if people quit here and I don't, like, I'm going to have an edge and maybe this is a good sign. Yeah, it teaches you a lot about yourself as well. That's like one of the biggest reasons that I've even made any sort of pivot is I kind of got really stagnant with with the Amazon business in general. You know, there were some months last year and the year before I made like 25, 30 grand a month with Amazon. And it's like... Well, for one, I didn't really see that money. You know how the Amazon cycle is. You don't ever really see your money. But I was like, I want to know how good I am at business in general. And, and that's mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm sure that we'll both talk more about the specific things we're doing. But the general gist yeah. of, you know, what I'm doing is getting traffic, building an offer, driving traffic to the offer, and then selling the offer. And mo- I'm doing organic traffic right now. Maybe I'll add in paid in the future. But there's so many little things to learn about copywriting and all this stuff. Like my whole Twitter feed has changed from, a bunch of Amazon guys than all these like copywriters and these psychological guys that are talking about how to get people to buy stuff, sell stuff, whatever it is. I don't know. I, I want to see if I can challenge myself, do that type of thing and, and become better at it. And I really just learned about the whole gist of all that stuff six months ago. And I would say now I'm probably a hundred times better than I was six months ago, considering I didn't even know about any of these softwares or whatever it is. Now I'm fully convinced that if somebody has an offer, so if some Amazon seller comes to me and he's like, I want to run a coaching program, or I want to run whatever, I could build out his whole offer for him or whatever they wanted to do. I know I can build it out. I can run the whole back end. He just looks pretty in front of the camera and like can get sales. And I think six months ago, I would have no clue how to do that. Like I would have the general advice, but you know, all that other stuff is just about putting the work in. I've just engulfed myself completely. Like every hour of the day, like you said, you're watching these podcasts. I wake up in the morning, turn a podcast on, learning something about offers, learning something about traffic. And then I'm doing the work and then watch another podcast. There's no not sitting around watching anything else. My whole brain is just focused on it entirely. Yeah. And everywhere, I, even in public, I'm going around looking at local businesses. You know, what kind of offer do they have? What kind of like affiliate program do they have? All this different stuff. Because if you learn those skills too, it just translates to so many different things. But it does seem overwhelming when you start, that's for sure. Because I, my first, it's like the Hermosi talks about this. You start, it's a Dunning-Kruger Dun effect. You start and you think yeah. you know everything and you're like, it's going to be really, really easy, which I could tell you were like all pumped up. And I'm like, yeah. oh man, he's going to hit that downslope and he's going to be like, oh, this is so hard. I thought I'm going to be rich like next month. It's been like four or five months later, still not made a bunch of money. So it, I just know though, I'll come out on the other side and make more money from it. And that translates to like any business. If you just stick with it and just get over the fact that it's probably going to be pretty difficult for a while, you're probably going to just have to eat yeah. shit for a while. You'll come out on the other side. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. I was, I was like, Oh, there's no way I don't crush this. I was telling you, I'm, I'm only like 15 days in to this. Um, 
or like I would say seriously, 15 days actually like working on it every day. Um, and yeah, it's, it's been that exactly where it's like, okay, like the concept is just so easy. Like, and so is Amazon, right? You find stuff for cheap, you sell it for more. Yeah, that's easy concept. But then once you find that thing, it becomes you're like, okay, great. I found all this stuff. And then it arrives at your house and you're like, okay, like here comes the next problem. Like, how do I get labels for this stuff? How do I get it to Amazon? What boxes do I need? Like all this stuff just like pops up and then you just like learn along the way. And I think for me, especially starting this other business, I think I'm taking a very similar approach to how I did the Amazon business. It was just like one step at a time. It's like, okay, um, let me figure out how to do this first step. And then once I have that step done, let me watch a video on how to do the next step. And I think, like you said, just immersing yourself in it. Like, I can't even tell you how much I've learned. Probably, like, some of the main tools that I have to use for this business. Just watching videos, be like, oh, wow, like, I never knew you could do that. Okay, like, this is a quicker way to do it. Or taking, I think combining knowledge is really important. So taking... Almost like, you know, you have to use Keepa, but maybe you hear on a podcast, oh, like if you use out of stock Amazon filter, you know, less than 10 sellers on the listing two between two and 10 sellers, you're like, oh, that's interesting. Like if I apply that to my apparel searches that, oh my God, like I didn't know that. So it's also taking pieces from like what one person says and combining it with what they're doing. And for this one tool, I was like, oh, wow, like, that's how I saw this one, like, piece, and I was like, this other person did it so much quicker. So if I take her piece and apply it to his piece, it's, I just get quicker, and it, I just start to learn much faster. So I think just immersing yourself in it, and I feel like for a lot of it, too, it's like I'm watching a ton of YouTube videos, even though I'm, like, sourcing for Amazon, even if I'm just like listening to it, it's just like getting immersed in it and just like, oh, like, let me stop one second. Let me write that down. I think one of the biggest things I'm doing this time around, it's sloppy and I have to figure it out a better way, but just taking notes. Like anytime they mention a software, like I write it down or I'll grab the link to it and be like, oh, this is for this piece of the business. So when I get there, because I know I'm not going to remember a lot of the stuff, that's being said. And instead of having to go back and rewatch it, I'm just kind of writing it down. And I'm just like, when I get to this part, or another thing I'm doing is taking like YouTube videos and like putting them in a note stock and be taking like specific notes, be like, Oh, this video, you know, at the seven minute mark, like I'm not ready for this just yet, but I'm going to need to know how to do this. And I'll go back to that like seven minute mark and rewatch that video yeah and i think but this i've did this even with amazon i'm doing it now for sure creating like you're saying instead of notes because for some reason i just don't go back and check my notes i start a discord server because a lot of people are using discord anyways 
start a Discord server, make a ton of different channels, and then you can just dump your stuff in there. Another benefit of that is if you have somebody that comes along the business with you. So I had somebody that I did mentorship in last March or April with for Amazon, and he's kind of just stayed like really good friends with me. Like he came and met me like where I live and stuff. Me and him just talk all the time, and I was like, you should try to get into this other like business that I'm doing. I just add him to the Discord, and now he has all the info that I've gathered over all the months just in this thing. It, it's, it works the same way with Amazon. Like I had a friend that I talked to for a long time with Amazon stuff. I just added him to my Discord. Now there's all these products I've found, all my analysis of all these products, all the software tools, all these different stores I'd found, whatever. And now you just get that person information. You say, here, make your channel and just add it in there as well. And it's all just really organized on Discord. You can pin messages and then you can go search in Discord what exactly you need to find. I found that to be like really, really easy. And it's not going to get deleted. You know, as long as you have your discount, Discord account, you're going to have all that info backed up there. Yeah, that's actually a really good point too because I know a lot of people, I never did it, but they basically create like a Discord for their Amazon business for their VAs. And basically mm -hmm. they have all the stuff in there. Like, hey, like, go to these sites, use our discounts, use our promo code. I mean, you could easily build that out. If I was starting Amazon again, like, if I started fresh and was kind of taking this same approach, I would definitely start a Discord server. I'd be putting, like, storefronts in there um, that I found, like, stores I want to visit, like, every day. And just, like, literally just put, like, notes in there. So I think a lot of times, too, it's hard to remember this kind of stuff, like, I don't know how many times I've done it, but like, oh, yeah. Or I'll see something on my phone and be like, oh, I'm going to look that brand up. And then, like, I just never do it. But if I put through it in a Discord server, I was just scrolling around. I was like, oh, man, I forgot I wanted to look into that. Or I think a great thing would probably be, like, you could, like, save the, the Keepa URLs. So, like, if you had, like, 10 storefronts you always go to, you could put in the, the Amazon IDs. You could just put a comma and separate them. And then you would hit run the search. You could put your parameters in. Hey, I want, you know, anything on their 100K or whatever. And then go into the URL bar and you could literally check that every day. <laughs> like just yeah. without having to set up the filters all over again. Um, I've definitely done that like a ton um, prior. Yeah. Yeah, I, I use Seller Spy. I've used it for like two years. As soon as they drop their program, I use it. It like storefront stocks sellers and spits out their products as it goes. I've had that software for around two years now. And every ASIN that was ever dropped by, I think I have 40 sellers in there. And these are like guys that you know are big on social media or just guys that run big businesses in general. I have thousands and thousands, probably like 40,000 messages in that Discord of ASINs, maybe even more that I could probably like. So now, and then all my information on Amazon that I've dumped in there, that thing is just a gold mine. Like if you have access yeah. to that, you basically have access to every profitable ASIN anyone has bought over the last two years of all these people talking about. It. You just got to reverse it. Like, where do you get it from? Yeah, just letting that, that knowledge just sit there and having it somewhere is good. It's tough because there's this other stuff I'm doing where it's copywriting and landing pages and all this. I find these mega links on Twitter. They're like 50 gigabytes. I can't sort through that information. Sometimes there's just too much information to sort through. And that's yeah. another thing that you can get into is just consuming so much. I, I had a guy that he had did like watched Amazon content for two months and then got on a call with me and was going to like get my coaching program or whatever. He's like, I'm ready to do it. And he was so motivated. And then I just never heard from him again. And he was like ready to sign up and everything. I'm like, this guy basically got off on the idea for two months straight of just watching info and just consuming it. And like, 
I guess, living through other people vicariously. And then when it came down to put the work in, it's like, well, I don't really want to put the work in. Never heard from him again. Ever. Right. And I'm sure he just completely fell off. It's like when the, when the moment of action started, it's better to just start doing immediately and then learn as you go. It's the same thing with this podcast. I was like, dude, let's just record like in three yeah. days and then we'll figure it all out. Because if you don't do that and you're like, we have to optimize this, we have to optimize this, dude, you're just never going to do it. Like at all. And I watched yeah, people I think do that. I was like, oh, we need like a thumbnail. He's like, all right, I'll do that this weekend. You find like the software we need. And they're just like, okay. And like, I think too, like for this, I think sometimes just obviously your financial situation depends. But for this, it was just like, just pick a software. It doesn't matter. Like, I think we landed on Riverside. I was like, I heard about it. You're like, yeah, I heard about a commercial. And the house. I was like, all right, done. Like, I don't know. This is like 40 bucks a month. I don't even know how much it is. And I was like, okay, like, that's it. Like, that's the software we're going to learn. And then, I don't know. If it goes to shit, it goes to shit. We'll, like, find something else. And then it was just like, okay, do we need a TikTok? Do we need that? It was like, nah. Or, like, what are we going to call it? It's like, he's like, why don't we just use your channel? Like, we're just going to use your channel. Call this side up. It's like, okay. Like, that works. And he's like, we had to start a new channel. And we're like, okay, fine. Like, let's just do that. Like we could always like a year for I guess pay like a VA or something to download all the videos and upload to or we decide to go that route like that's fine too, and I think that was the biggest thing that I did when I was learning the new business is I was like I understand this contextually but I don't I was like how do I really get it and I bought a piece of software that the podcast promotes and I'm like oh. If I buy the software and start using the software, then that's going to get me like started instead of just listening, listening, listening. I was like, okay, this software is 30 bucks a month. I'm going to use it. And, and now that was kind of like the turning point. Like, okay, now I can see, you know, what other people are talking about. Number one, and number two, I can start doing the work. And I think that's kind of, where people get stuck. It's like, well, I don't want to get Keepa or I don't want to get Celeram. It's like, there's free trials for all this stuff. Um, and then it's like, you, that. I think that also for me too, is once you buy something, it's like you're investing into the business. Now you're kind of have like, not nah, 30 bucks a month. I wouldn't call that like major skin in the game. But for the most part, yeah, it's skin in the game. Now it's like, well, are you going to use it? Like, or is it just going to sit there? Like, so it just got me to be like, okay, like, how do I use this? And then I've been able to use it. And now I'm like starting to like get finally stuff done. And if I didn't buy the software, I'd still be like, oh, like, what's the best thing to do? Or like, how do I get this done or whatever? But by buying the software and being like, oh, okay, like, this is what these people are talking about. This is how they're using it. That's kind of jump started it for me and made it some concepts turned it into a reality that I can actually like start doing the work. Yeah. I mean, the common saying, if you don't pay, you don't pay attention. That, that's super. Yeah. You sit there and just only consume information. You don't buy anything, get started with anything. You're just not going to do it. Yeah. You, you have to pay. You have to have some type of investment to, you know, pay attention to what's going on. Yeah. I, th I think it's just really easy to get caught in that cycle for sure. I, I think the the funny part is, like if you're if you're watching this and you haven't started an Amazon business and you like want to start it or whatever, 
all the mistakes that you think that you're going to learn and not make from watching content or buying courses or whatever it is, you're still going to make the mistakes. Like it's going to yeah. speed it up and you're, you're going to learn it's a mistake quicker. Like you're, but you're still going to make them. You're still going to fail. You're still going to go the same way. I know guys, a lot of guys in RBOPS don't talk to anybody. Like I talked to some of these guys that do three, $5 million a year. They don't have a network, but they don't buy courses. They've never talked to anybody. They just sat on their computer and figured it out for years and years they make the same mistakes everybody else makes. It's just the way it goes. You don't have to over-educate yourself a lot of the times because you're just going to learn anyways. The more action you do, you're going to learn. I, I don't read any books, but people always bring up things I say from books. And I'm like, I've never read that book, but I just have done enough stuff at this point to where, yes, yeah, so you just learn what's inside a lot of the books because it's just other people's experiences. And, and you can, I give people advice. I mean, I'm sure everyone's victim of this. You give people advice, they don't listen, and then something bad happens to them. And you're yeah. like, man, I told you that was going to happen, but you just have to learn from experience. It's just the way it goes. Yeah. And that's a really good point too, because that's what I've learned probably the most just from Amazon. And I think sometimes like people's egos get in the way where it's like, yeah, whatever, like that's not going to happen to me. Or, you know, I watch this, or I watch that. But like one, like, so if you're just starting Amazon, like just realize like bad stuff will happen. You're, you're going to buy something profitable. And then by the time it gets to Amazon, it's not going to be profitable anymore. And now you're going to take a loss on it. You're going to order, if you're doing apparel, you're probably going to order, miss a Nike, you're going to order a Nike shirt and the check marks in a different spot or the colors off or whatever. You're just going to miss this stuff or you're going to like not send the right amount to Amazon. And I think if you kind of break down like everything you have to do for Amazon, um, you know, you have to learn a lot to get to that point, And that's the best thing to do. When I first started online arbitrage, I was buying stuff just to break even. Because I wanted to see, like, does this stuff sell? Like, does this work? Like, how is this doing? Like, I, when I started books, I just went to thrift stores and started scanning books. I'm like, all right, like, if this works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But nothing works if I didn't go to the thrift store or start buying items. Because how am I supposed to try it or how am I supposed to get that? And I think a lot of people too get stuck. I know I did when I went from books to OA, it took me like a month ish to kind of really sit down and do it. Um, and then once I did it, even though I knew how to sell books on Amazon, it was a whole different like ball game, just the different type of stuff. Like when you're selling, you know, grocery items or something like you got to put expiration dates on stuff. Like everything is now new. Like there is no good condition, poor condition. Like it's just a different game. There are different softwares. And I think a lot of people quit because they're like, oh, this is too hard. Or, you know, what I'm doing is not that bad. I think you have to push through that and just realize like you're a beginner. And then, you know, you're going to laugh one day. And be like, oh man, like I already have like so many like funny things that I could do content wise. Like once it's kind of like, gets off the ground and just kind of think back like, man, I can't believe it took you so long to figure this out. Or, you know, it really sucked then. Like, but I'm glad I like pushed through. Yeah. If it was easy too, like talking about it being hard, if it was easy, then like that, this, all, all these things I say are basically just common tropes. I sound like some kind of motivational speaker, but like, if it was easy, everybody would do it. Like the fact that it's hard, the harder things are, this is just a mindset shift too. that like anyone can take with anything you're starting. The the more difficult that I learn about like whatever I'm doing is, the, the better, uh, happier I am. Because I'm like, okay, 
if it's taken me this long, if I'm learning all this stuff and I still can't figure this stuff out, it's not like anybody can go along and do it. Like there's going to be a skill gap that widens it. And uh, Amazon's different, but I mean, not different, but it's really easy from my experience. I've tried lots of different businesses. Amazon's by far the easiest to start. Yes. Yeah. I think that's the beginner appeal because you just buy stuff that you probably are already buying and then you sell it. Like there's all these little, little things, but you really don't even need it. You don't even need keep them. Like you really don't, all you need is the Amazon seller app. Really, you can just send shipments and you don't have to look at the Keepa chart. That's just all intricate stuff. You just go to stores and scan stuff. If it's cheap enough, it doesn't matter what the Keepa looks like anyways. If you're buying something that's $40 retail and it's four bucks, you're going to make money. So all that stuff's like pretty easy. And then that's kind of what scared me about Amazon. Why I saw the whole competition wave come in, yeah. which maybe people say this stuff goes in cycles. I don't really know if that's necessarily the case. I think there's just like a massive info dump and there's lots of you know opportunity in the info space. So obviously it's going to keep growing. And then you have big guys like Hormozzi and Tate just bringing people into the business world in general. But the low hanging fruit, probably not the best thing for you to do anyway. So the fact that things are hard in general is good. You should just look at it in that way. Like the harder it is, the better. Because when you figure it out, no one's going to be able to catch up with you. And in the moment, it probably feels like I'm just never going to feel, figure this out. But in three months, six months, a year, you're going to be so much farther ahead than everybody else that you know, it is going to be easy for you. And it's going to be very difficult for them. Yeah, I think you bring up a really good point where it's it's hard. Amazon is probably one of the easier businesses to start. What we're both doing is we're not, there's no dopamine hits like up front. Like it's more, you have to put a lot of effort in, you get no results, you basically fail. Um, it's not like we're, I don't think you've made any sales in your new thing yet, right? Maybe. I haven't. Um, and it's just like, ooh, like, is this going to work? But it's also just like, ooh, like, I don't know how long people, would continue on this path it's going to be harder it, a lot like it's almost an opposite gatekeeping like you could buy this water bottle or whatever if it sells on amazon you send it in right like there's demand for that you read the keepa it will sell like for sure might maybe not at the price you thought it would but it will for sure sell what we're doing we're kind of like taking shots in the dark based on information that seems to like align with what we're trying to do and then seeing if it works. And if it doesn't, we were kind of going back to the drawing board with it. Um, but yeah, I think that's what I kind of like about this part is it's definitely more difficult. And the more I'm like watching, be like, Oh man, I think that's what I realized too. It's like, everything's a lot of work. It just, yeah. Amazon's not as much work for me right now. Cause I, been doing it for two or three years and it's just i just know a bunch and i could just see something like oh like that's that's what they're doing that's where they're getting it that's why sales are down or whatever um but when i'm looking at it, i'm like oh man i'm watching this youtube video like man that's a lot of work like that's a that's a good thing because that's gonna like keep a lot of people out uh when they kind of see that video they're like yeah i don't really want to work that hard and i definitely fall prey and victim to it because it's like when i was talking to you i'm like i'm gonna crush all these people like they're, they're like it's not even gonna be close and i'm just like oh you're not gonna crush them anytime soon uh cause yeah. you got a lot to learn um but i know within the year if i keep with this um 
it's gonna work eventually. Like if you keep putting in the work, it works. You might not you might have to tweak the work you're doing or kind of tweak your technique or whatever to make it work, but just not giving up and not quitting, I think that's the hardest part for most people, especially when you're not kind of seeing results early on. Yeah, hundred percent. I saw a tweet from I think his name's Cold Email Wizard. He does like cold email stuff. And he said that like the, the your ability to stomach float, which whether that be capital float, like how much money can you burn, how much time can you burn, how much energy can you burn with no output is gonna be directly correlated with how much money you end up making. If you if you can go because with what I'm doing, I could have got sales already. I could have got sales. I, I started, you know, building offers and making like content for traffic in November, October. I could have got sales by now, but I just know that what's the point of me even making 28 bucks or 38 yeah. bucks or 70 bucks? It doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, I, I, I'm not in it to make 600 bucks a month. I want to make like 50 grand a month, 30 grand a month, whatever it is. So I'm just going to stomach the, I have the cash from Amazon. I have the cash from everything I've done to just sit and stomach the float basically for as long as I want. And I think that if, if you have a nine to five job or whatever it is, just stomach nothing happening. Like what else are you going to do okay. instead? Like, watch football or something like you just stomach the the losses and you not being successful and not getting the dopamine hits and just get through it yeah and i think that's important too uh i've like like not i'm not tossing amazon away or anything like that but i think like sometimes you always see like this shiny opportunity and you're like oh like this is gonna be so much greener like hermosi has been talking about this a lot he's like there's always shit on the grass. Like it's, you know, like no matter what grass you have, like there's going to be stuff about it that you don't like that's going to pop up. And I just think about that all the time when it's coming, like doing this. And I remember when I was working my nine to five, I was like, Oh, like this Amazon thing, like this is going to be it. Like, I, like I'd make like the first book sale, like oh, I'm going to be quitting this job in a month. And then, like, something bad would happen, like, these ebbs and flows. And I feel like, yeah, I'm not a proponent of being, like, oh, you should stay at your job forever. But just realize, like, you want to make sure you're up and running and getting things going. Like, I know a lot of people, too, would just, that go from OA to wholesale or just, like, FOA, like, it's stupid. I'm going to do wholesale. And they stop doing OA, stop making money realize wholesale is just as difficult or has different parts of it that's just as hard or makes it more competitive or whatever. They're like, oh man, I wish I like kind of still did OA <laughs> in the interim. Like Amazon Lit talked about this at one of the Miami seller conferences. I always remember it. They were doing all RA, if I remember correctly. And then they're like, we want to get into wholesale. And they literally went like 90-10. It was like 90 RA. We're going to spend 90% of our time doing RA, 10% on wholesale or figure that out. Then it jumps to 80, 20. Then, then it was like 70, 30. And then I think they said it took them almost a year or two years to fully transition into wholesale, just splitting your time. And I think for me too, I'm just like, oh, I want to spend all my time on this new venture or whatever. But it's like, yeah, like just go piece by piece here. Um, because I don't want to end up in that situation at all. Yeah, hundred percent. Especially like it's largely dependent on how much things cross over as well. I think mm. like 
the reason that I'm so much farther into the stuff I'm doing is because it's really not like what exactly I'm doing is not some business model, you know, like you, your thing is like a business model. Yeah. So you do have to learn this business model. My stuff's very vague. You know, I, I can advertise through any platform I want to. It's not like, like if you do drop shipping, for example, you know, you, you yeah. learn lots of skills in drop shipping that you translate to other businesses. So if you're, if you're doing something like that, that's, that's translatable and everything, I, I feel like you can kind of jump more into it, you know, because you, you can, I can, take the skills I have from whatever I learn and use it in whatever way possible. So like I said, I could just hit up Amazon guys and be like, Hey, do you want to launch some type of info and just run their info from and still make money off that? So yeah. that, it's like, I guess it just depends on the Avenue and the, the way you're going about it. And like the RA and the OA and the wholesale thing. Well, if you're spending all your money on RA, you can't just immediately start spending all your money on wholesale, whatever it'll be, you know, that. <laughs> you, and you, you wouldn't want to either because that you, you're going to lose it. Like yeah, when you think yeah. about your first RAOA products, I don't know about you, but me, I definitely lost some money. <laughs> uh, definitely like first starting out just because I didn't know. Like, even if someone's like, oh, this is the best wholesale deal ever. I'd be like, okay. Like, I'm not going to spend my whole monthly thing on it because I, I don't know anything about it. So why would I do that? So I think you got to be like somewhat cautious in that aspect too is – yeah, like make the play slowly. And if it is such a great opportunity, yeah, maybe you shift out like sooner or whatever, but don't be so quick to throw away something that's working for you um, to kind of something that's kind of untested, I guess yeah. you would say. Yeah, and I don't really understand the whole, I guess wholesale is more capital intensive, so you would have to drop some of your other ventures, but I would assume you could outsource most of this stuff. I, I would work fully on outsourcing my OA or outsourcing my RA before yeah. I switched to wholesale, which I was going to make that switch, I guess, probably 2021, late 2021 or 2022, late 2022. But then I started talking to a bunch of guys that were in the wholesale niche and not paying attention to the social media wholesale guys. Because if you look there, it's as easy as you contact a supplier, you spend 10K and you get rich. It's like literally not even close to that's how it works. You have to first be able to talk to these wholesale suppliers. So if you're like some 18-year-old kid, like good luck convincing some 40-year-old dude that sells Dove soap to sell you 30 grand worth of Dove soap. And then where do you even get the money for it? And then what if they gave that deal to 10 other people? Because there's a big wholesale supplier I know a lot of guys use. And the, all these guys have told me about this supplier, like five different people. They all get different price points. Them. They all get different price points. They all get different things going on. And I'm like... These, these guys are just ripping your all's money and they end up getting inventory that ends up selling for what they paid for it, taking massive 50 or 60% losses. I've watched like multiple guys throw their business away due to this, which it's really sad, but it's just, I think it's the shiny object syndrome with like what you see on social media with that stuff. And it's just not as simple as those guys make it out to be. And nothing is, it's never going to be that simple. Yeah. And I think that too, it's like you had a, you want like, when you are looking for content, I think too, you want to, you want to bounce. If I remember like telling you, I was like, I don't get it. Well, everything I've heard about this is super positive. And I set up a call with one of the people that was interviewed on this podcast. It was like 200 bucks for the call. And my first question to him was like, what don't you like about this? Like yep. what's bad about it? Like something has to be bad about this. And he kind of like told me, he's like, well, this is what I was like thinking. Like, this isn't my favorite part about it. Like, you got to look out for this. 
look out for that. And I was like, okay, like that makes a lot of sense. And then as I'm learning and you know, like hearing more people, you're starting to get like a little bit more, not that they're not honest, but you're just seeing more of a picture of what like success looks like on the, on what I'm trying to do. And like, kind of, yeah, you know, it's like anything else. Like people will be successful in any field. Like people, you could come in not knowing anything about Amazon. Like everyone's like, Oh, it's saturated. Like you could totally make a ton of money. Like, some stuff saturated like if you're willing to put in the work like there's always there's always money for the top performers like so you just have to be a top performer and that was one of their feedback to me they were just like what i'm trying to do he's like it's morphed very quickly so it's like same with amazon it's like you just can't go on coals anymore and just buy nike socks right that ship sailed two years ago or whenever that was like a thing right that like anyone could do that. Now you gotta, you know, look for some other stuff. And it's not just this, Hey, like, just go to Kohl's. Right. And you got to do other stuff now. And that was like his feedback. He was just like, yeah, you just can't do like the bare minimum. You really have to like go over the top to get even some traction. He's like where you are. Like, he's like what people are doing now those sellers like that wasn't even a thing like these sellers took it to a whole nother level and i was like oh wow like that's pretty crazy he's like yeah you used to just be able to like slap this or do that thing real quick and it would be fine but now you have to do 10x and that's just to be like basic one thing that you mentioned the Coles thing, I guess like I've, I've wanted to talk about this so bad and I don't think this is going to, you know, burn anybody's loop too bad. But, you know, when you do that Coles cash math and stuff, I've never done that before. That whole whatever the math is. I'm sure. Have you, have you done this thing where you use that you count it into your your money? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, the Coles loop is a definitely interesting. It's going to be a great clip. People are going <laughs> to hate this, but I, I mean, I don't care. I've. I, okay, so I'll preface with this before we say this stuff. And, and we don't have to burn this. Yeah. If you don't want to, you don't have to burn it. But if it's not even burning it, because this, to me... I don't care. I don't yeah, think... Yeah. To me, really the burn with it. Yeah, so that's what that's my point of it. Is like, I, I had somebody... Yeah, we'll, we'll talk through it. We'll see. This might be a juicy part of it. So somebody asked me one time, like, how does this work? And I said, from my understanding, this doesn't work. And then I got together with somebody else who... This guy's like a genius math guy very, very smart guy. And he was breaking it down with me. We had an hour call one day and we could not figure out like what the end game of this play is. And I don't think this is how it works. And I see like accounting guys and stuff talk about it. Like, I just don't understand how this would be possible it's to count your cash back into your original purchase. You, you explain this because maybe you can enlighten me. Maybe it is better than I think it is, but I don't know. So what I've heard, so I've never done it this way. I've heard a couple of people do it different ways. So if Kohl's is offering uh, every $50 you spend, you get $10 Kohl's cash. So if you double that and you have a hundred, every hundred you spend, you get 20, that's 20% off hypothetically. Um, so people would count that in. So now you have automatic 20% off. I've seen other people say, oh, if you get the Kohl's credit card or whatever, I don't know, that's another 5%. Yeah, And then if you get discounted gift cards, whatever you could do with the gift cards, I don't know. I've seen anywhere from like legit cards 
I don't know. Maybe the best you're going to get is like between three and six, three and seven. Um, and then, so now you're looking at, I don't know, what is all that? twenty five, Like almost 30% off. So it's a third of the price. And then sometimes Kohl's would do like every hundred you spend, you get 30. So now you start with 30% off. And that's like the math behind it. The math I never understood is how to almost figure out like, so, all right, so you have 30% off of that. But the, the catch comes is when you spend the Kohl's cash. Yeah. You knock that down to a $0 buy cost, I guess. That's what I've never, like, the math didn't really, for me, I just never did that. And I was glad I didn't because when I lost $1,700 to Kohl's cash, um, it didn't hurt my ROI at all. Yeah. Um, and I think you have to be super aware of that whenever you it's really hard to bank on rewards dollars because they yeah. could take it away in a second. I think was, was Hibbit one of them? Did they give rewards dollars? They might uh, I don't know. They banned super quick. I've been banned from Hibbit yeah. since 21. They I think they, they would run like these crazy sales. I think you might've got rewards dollars too. You do. But I remember losing my rewards dollars. Like I had like a thousand and my account got clipped. I don't know. Within probably like the first ten orders, I should have known. And yeah, that rewards dollars goes away. And then I think I've had Chris Potter on the channel before, and he's like, "You should not be using Kohl's cash for like to purchase more inventory because then yeah. all of a sudden it becomes taxable." So he's yeah. like, "If you get Kohl's cash, you should spend it on yourself." Um, yeah. we'll have to have him on and. Maybe he could, like, help break down the Kohl's cash math. But I've never used it that way. I've only used it, like, hey, you know, Kohl's has the sale going on. If the math works um, for what I'm kind of buying, I'm not figuring anything else in. And I've been really using the Kohl's cash for myself. Um, yeah, that, past, from my understanding, that was started, the best way to do it. Because it inventory, if, you, if you're counting it into your wrong. product cost, and then you're spending it on the next product, and, and counting it again, then don't you just all your profit is in this Kohl's cash? So if you have like 70 grand worth of Kohl's cash, isn't that just all the profit you've made for the year? And then, then what? Yeah. And just I, from what I understand. Yeah. That's like, it, so what yeah. do you, how do you take it out? You can't convert your Kohl's cash into, you know, money in your bank account. So do you just buy like shitloads of furniture? And now you've like, that's all your Amazon. Like it just goes to like household appliances and furniture. That, that's what I never yeah. understood about it. Yeah, that's what that was kind of what I thought of it. Whereas, like, or you're, or you're just figuring a zero dollar buy cost, and you got to move it through Amazon. So, like, if you had seventy grand worth of Kohl's cash, and then you bought seventy k worth of Nike socks, whatever you made on those Nike socks, I guess there was a zero dollar buy cost, and then that's how you get your money out. Um, but yeah, I just yeah, never. You can't. Yeah, you can't do. You can't do a zero dollar buy cost because you're initially subtracting the money from the product. Oh, so if right. you're taking thirty percent at the beginning and then subtracting again, then you just don't know how to do accounting because then you're yeah. you're like taking True. a percentage off and then using the rest of it. That whenever you take the initial percentage off, so let's say something's twenty dollars yeah. and you take twenty percent off, that's the Kohl's cash. So you that's what I didn't understand too. Is so now you have to spend it on the same product again or whatever. Maybe I just have a rudimentary understanding of math or whatever, but I don't think so. I think that it's just 
it doesn't work the way that for one, if there is a discount, it's far less than what it is perceived to be. And also I don't understand how you ever get the profit. Like, unless you, yeah. like I said, buy furniture with your Coles cash and like for your house. And that's why you're doing Amazon is to, but yeah, I just don't understand that. And I, I don't know a lot of other places with reward systems like that. There, there was a website. I'll give this away. If I can remember the name of it, soft mock, it was like a shoe website. You ever heard of this? No. no. So they had a, they had a super good reward system where they would give you a ton of stuff and then you could apply a certain amount per order. And I was getting like shoes super cheap back in the day, but this was back like 2020 when they were profitable and you could stack it with different things. I, they eventually banned me and I had hundreds of dollars of rewards cash, but it didn't matter. Cause I didn't, I was buying this stuff because it was profitable originally. So I would try mm-hmm. to find, if I was going to do Coles, this was by, by, I guess the, wrapping this up, I would try to find profitable stuff for retail on Kohl's, or at least when they have a good sale and then use the Kohl's cash to, if you want to buy more inventory, buy it, but don't count in any type of discount. I guess that would be the way you do it. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I've talked to so many people about this and I've never had someone actually explain it to me. I even had somebody send me a video of a guy explaining it in like a secret group thing. And the guy was just, he, he was just like, not right about it. Which I was like, people, that's just insane. So I, I don't know. Maybe somebody can enlighten me on this in the comments yeah, or something. If you know in the comments, or how do you use Kohl's Cash? Let us know in the comments. Because um, I don't think it's some big secret. Everybody knows Kohl's has Kohl's Cash. Everybody, yeah. it's not a big deal. And I think the funny part is, too, if everyone said how they used it, there would probably be five or ten different answers. Yeah. Which really makes you think about the whole and there's definitely there's definitely right and wrong answers like the way that i'm saying about buying a product and for its retail price or like whatever discount you can get that and then using the coles cash after to implement that into your rewards or using it to buy your own stuff whatever it is that works like no matter what because you're just that's just normal sourcing but when you start doing funky math and adding stuff together and your profits now in this three thousand dollars coles gave you and this type of stuff i'm not so sure that's the best thing I think that that's tough for one. That's, I don't know how people would do that with their account. That would be like miserable to try to explain to your account what's going on. Trying to explain to yeah. them OA in general is difficult. I can't imagine trying to explain to them. Yeah. That just is crazy. I guess. I don't know how people would do that. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it's just interesting. I never understood it. Like I've asked people to explain it to me and I've just blanket just, it has to be profitable without it. And I kind of just look at the Kohl's cash as like a bonus yeah, to do whatever I it. want with it. But for me, it was always too risky because it's like, well, if, you, if you're if you banking on 20% off, for whatever reason, you don't get the Kohl's cash, you're kind of screwed. And what a lot of people don't realize either is when you're doing checking out Kohl's cash, I think you could only use four Kohl's caches per transaction. So you have to like do some different math. So if you check out like, I don't know, let's just say 10 different times and got $40 of Kohl's cash each time, you could only use what would that be? 160 per order. <laughs> yeah. Now you could apply all your Kohl's cash to one order. Um, so yeah, just when you kind of run the math, think about it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I haven't really heard much about Kohl's lately. Um, me, me either. Well, another thing is they really quieted down because they really took a they took a lot of people out 
I think. Yeah. Who were getting yeah, like massive amounts of Kohl's cash. I have like $2,700 stuck in the rewards. And I just messaged them about it. And they're like, we're not giving it to you because you're a reseller. And I'm like, well, it's like three grand sitting there. Good thing I didn't count it anything. But yeah, just like yeah. sitting in my account. And it's been in there for over a year. It just keeps going up and they just never disperse it. I think that that's, they probably just cracked down. I mean, Cole's whole business model is intrigue old ladies to come into our shop and buy stuff yeah. and get Cole's cash. And then we come around and like use this that's crazy math. Yeah, I think that that probably, I've heard people say that it doesn't bother these companies, but I think at the level of how many people are doing that on Amazon, I've heard of people losing over five figures in Kohl's cash. Yeah. It's probably affecting their bottom line, especially because that's like largely part of their business model is selling overpriced stuff, but you get the Kohl's cash and a lot of people forget to use the Kohl's cash. So that's why it works out for them. But I'm not exactly sure there. I remember yeah, I, looking up, I think a whole new one on it. Yeah, I think that's where Kohl's makes the money is that a lot of people like forget to use it or yeah. whatever. Or they don't want, they have $20 Kohl's cash. They don't feel like spending $50, right? Because you're not getting mm -hmm. something for $20, most likely, hypothetically. Um, so I think that's it. It's like, I heard something the other day on a podcast about Planet Fitness that I think it's like 90% of the people who join the gym never go. Don't go. Yeah. But they just collect the, I don't know, whatever, $12 or whatever the hell it is. Um, yep. And I'm like, wow, like that's crazy. And then it's like, well, they don't have to like maintain the equipment that much because not a lot of people are using it. So I think it's kind of like a similar type of vein uh, to that. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely crazy to think. Yeah, maybe someone could explain that in the comments. Um, I, how I, they're I'm, using I'm, it or... If we have it wrong, let us know. Yeah, I'm sure somebody's going to say it's wrong, but I, I would say largely that's probably just going to be cope for like, if you can explain it to me, that's fine. But I think a lot of times maybe people are too deep into it and they're just coping. But that's like how a lot of that stuff is. Um, something else I was going to bring up along with that conversation, uh, I forget now, but there's lots of little things like that. I think that that are not as profitable as people think they are, but they look really good from the outside. Well, another thing is uh, women's like boots. I, I would see stuff like these really discounted women's boots that were, you know, 20 some dollars that would sell for over a hundred bucks, whatever it would be. Those have such high return rates that you almost can't be profitable. So I, I, one seller I talked to, the, one, the same one I talk about that does like over 5 million a year, he bought a ton of these things with like the average ROI at 60% ROI on these boots. At the end of the winter, after he sold all the boots, it was negative ROI. He lost money on the boots because there were so many returns. There were so many removal fees and things like that. But that doesn't show in your orange bars. I mean, it still looks good in that way, but all those returns aren't accounted for. All that lost inventory is not accounted for. And yeah, it's not even profitable. But like I always talk about, you can kind of churn the crap in this business because you have all the credit card points and you have all the debt you're taking on and you have all the hyper positive talk to you on social media, just keep buying, keep buying. Uh, but a lot of the times you're just getting yourself into a massive, massive hole. That's one of the bigger things is like, cause that's the one thing, like that's what I'm kind of looking forward to in this other business venture. It's like, I'm not putting up any capital. I'm putting up probably time and stuff like that, which is different, but it, one, it's more easier. It's, a lot easier to track number one but number two i think 
that's kind of the tricky part about an Amazon business is it's I've never really talked to someone outside of like some of the bigger sellers. They know their numbers. Like most yeah. people, it's like a wishy-washy. Yeah, like oh, it's like twenty percent most of the stuff. Some stuff is about ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nets out like twelve, fifteen percent. It's never just like I remember talking to Amazon Lit and like they knew how much they make per ASIN, per employee, per, like they just they they know their numbers like drilled down. Um, and it's a hard. The problem is it's like you're always investing more in. So it's not like you buy a bunch of stuff, it all sells, you figure out how much you spent, how much you got back, and you go buy more. It's just constant, like you just keep buying more. So it is hard to be like, okay, like how much am I really making? Because also most people aren't taking out, like they're taking out a set amount, which is great, but you know, you could win on a hundred products that's great, then lose on 50. Well, you lost the money made from the 100 because you never took it out. So it just could be tricky. And it's always good to definitely have an accountant and get one like sooner rather than later. And I think that's another thing. It's like, it's going to probably cost you between, let's call it three and $500 per month, which is really expensive. But it's like, you need to know your numbers and that, and if you are, if you're doing six figures and you can't afford three to $500 a month, you need an accountant because yeah, there's no reason. reason why you wouldn't be able to afford that. Yeah. The one I was going to talk about earlier is the gift card stuff, how people were getting those like clearly illegal gift cards that were like 30% off or whatever. That combined with the $2 shipping labels. I mean, people still do that type of stuff, I'm sure, but I, I saw... It's funny because when, when you get to know a lot of these people, I, I wasn't, I didn't want to become like an influencer or whatever a long time into this. I just started going on podcasts and, do, and I would start meeting these different people. And they, these guys have like extremely leaky circles. Like they would, they would tell stuff that was very damaging to their reputation. And these other guys would tell me, like I get on the phone with some of these like 18 year olds and they'd expose some like huge secret about someone that I would talk to here and there and they would post on social media. Like th there's one guy. I recently unfollowed him because of the bad stuff that I heard about it. But the guy was making all this money on and flexing it on Twitter over and over. And I don't know if he sold any info off the top of it or whatever. And it was all based off these illegal gift cards, like every one of them. And somebody told me that. And then I found out that he was in the group of it because somebody had sent me a screenshot. So all this oh, profit was making. People were, how did you get these good margins? It's, he was just doing illegal stuff the whole time. And then there, there's another like... I think some guy, somebody told me that, I don't know how true this is, but somebody told me that somebody got a, a letter sent from some federal thing to their door for using so many illegal gift cards. And this guy was going on this big run of talking about how much money he made and how it's, it, it, that stuff just kills me. Cause it's like, you're telling these people out here that you just work hard long enough and you just do the right things that'll work. Well, you haven't even made it work yet. You know, the reason you've made it work is yeah. because- you know, your parents gave you a credit card and then you got all this illegal stuff that you're doing in the background. And I think that that's a common thing I see with a lot of these like younger kids. They just get sucked into that money with it. But and don't, definitely if you're listening to this and you haven't made a bunch of money on Amazon, don't get distracted by that stuff because there's always more to everybody's story. The more I learn about people, the more I learn that most of them are just full of it. Like that. That's every time, unfortunately.
Yeah, and that was the other big one, like the fraud labels with like people like you also have to use common sense in this stuff. Like I think it was what cases of prime. People are saying they were sending cases of prime for like seven dollars. Like the math just did not make. I think didn't you do like a tweet on like? Yeah, I made like a big breakdown of it. Yeah, <laughs> of like exactly like how it's just not possible, and like for stuff like that when you I remember and it's it's like very. I forgot. I think it's I forgot what company it was, but they go back and forth. They like DM me every once in a while. Because I was trying to get them on a call because they were like, oh, we have shipping labels we could get for you. Um, they're all legit. Like, here are some sample ones. Just let, we're going to do your first, like, 10 for free. Just, like, let us know the addresses. I'm just, what the hell? And for most, I mean, I guess if you didn't know what you're doing, you're like, oh, like, no one knows about this discounting shipper. Like, that's going to be my edge. Because, like, everyone talks about having an edge. Yep. And I was like, okay, yeah, like, I want to do this. Uh, can I, can we do a call? And they were like, oh, like, the guy is really busy. Because I was going to, like, record it and then kind of, like, post it on YouTube, like, the whole thing. But then they would never, like, do a call. And then every once in a while, they're like, oh, just pushing this to the top of your DMs or let us know when you want a label or whatever. And I was just like, oh, man, it's crazy. But I could see why. People would think it's like somewhat. Well, I don't know. I guess if you don't know what you're doing, maybe you could think that's an edge. But I don't know. It just doesn't seem like you're shipping like a case of Prime for seven dollars. We're talking like twenty four bottles of it. Like that just doesn't add up. Like it's just not possible. Yeah, I think it's just easy to get sucked into that. I mean, when you have no sophistication of kind of what you're doing with the whatever business you're in, you hear something like that. You probably think, you know, well, why not do that? I just, I just came across some secret and you kind of did. I mean, for the most part, it's just illegal, but there's like that, there's stuff like that in all different businesses, you know, like it's just, you gotta be sophisticated enough to know that you can't ship 20 pounds of energy drinks for six bucks or whatever it is. Like you should probably know that, but if you've never shipped anything in your life, then I can True. see where you get caught up on that. You know? There's different things like we're making like content like I'm making and trying to drive to an offer. I mean, I could obviously make some AI based content off somebody like, you know, clone Joe Rogan's voice and sell my stuff. But and that would be like, oh, it's so easy. Why wouldn't I do that? Well, that's super illegal, too. And you can get sued for a bunch of money. But there, yeah. are, there are guys that make loads of money doing that stuff. So there are guys on Amazon that do all the illegal stuff and seemingly don't get caught. And there's it. There's black hat stuff in every business. A lot of guys run their business based solely on black hat stuff. I've been following these affiliate guys on Twitter recently. A lot of these guys will have like 30 Facebook ad accounts and just pumping traffic to Elon Musk and Joe Rogan videos of like edits they've made to promote these different supplements or whatever it is. And the ad accounts get banned, but all their stuff's like offshore. They have all these like cloaking things, whatever it is. Which that that stuff's crazy, but it happens all the time. If you scroll through ads well yeah, enough, and especially if you have like boomer ads on your timeline, you're gonna see that type of stuff. But that's yeah, in it. I've, I've heard him like talk about that on the podcast too. Like he gets like targeted for some of these ads, or like his daughter would be like, "Hey, like, did you like push this supplement?" And he's like, "No." no. And like, yeah, I feel like stuff like that is like eventually you get caught, and that's you don't want to be in that situation. Like, supposedly there was, like, a ton of people making, like, merch for 
like Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey and they're on TikTok and all their accounts got shut down because you can't use like the NFL and you can't use their name and all this other stuff. And like, yeah, they made a bunch of quick money, but now like their accounts are banned, you know? And then, you know, would you do that? Like, I don't know. I'm sorry. Like, I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but you know, once you like all these Facebook ads accounts, you'd have to think Facebook knows. Like, even like if they're like doing all this weird, like cloaking and all this other stuff, like somehow they know that like these people are doing that. And like the more black marks you like build up, like against yourself or your account, like the harder it's going to be to start the next thing. Or that stuff probably follows you. If you get banned on Facebook, like, well, Facebook owns Instagram. So they're probably going to ban you. Or like, you do something stupid on YouTube. Well, Google owns YouTube. They're probably going to like put it straight. Like, I just think all this stuff's like interconnected. And it's just never a good idea to kind of do something black hat. Um, Yeah. I mean, especially not in the Amazon stuff. Like the difference between that Facebook running ads in general. I mean, there's just way more leniency for black hat stuff because you were saying that it's all connected, but it's not connected if you can like use different proxies and use different stuff like that. Like you're not, you're not the same person. You know what I mean? Like it's not like I'm pulling up my computer every day and doing that stuff. So that's how those people get away with it. But if you have one Amazon account and you have one name and one social security number, which you all need for Amazon, like as soon as something bad happens to you, whether that be through Amazon or legally, like you're just done forever. You're not going to, you can't get another identity and sell on Amazon. You're not going to get whatever it is. And I'm sure there's ways around that. Obviously you can make different accounts, but just very, very difficult, which a lot of those but people do that. I mean, I guess all those Turkish sellers that are selling Nike socks for like $7, those are clearly illegal. They just sell loads of fake socks where they get them for two bucks and they sell them for 10, 12, whatever it is. They collect the profit, their Amazon account gets shut down, but that's it. Like they just made all the money. They start a new account because they're just somewhere else in the world. They can generate IDs, whatever they do, which I'm sure a lot of people don't know about that. But if you ever see some long name with a ton of letters come on your Amazon listing, that's some factory in Turkey that's just blasting out fake stuff all the time. And when you're talking about little apparel things like that, like Nike socks, how many people is it going to take for you to get caught? Like probably a lot because I wouldn't know. You know, I, I wear Nike socks all the time, so I now I know probably the feel, but I could probably get some fake pairs and not really know the difference, especially depending on like what the listing is or whatever. If it's not dry fit, it could be something else. Just tons of that different stuff in that business. Yeah, and I feel like too, it's like, oh, like, eh, probably is. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, these feel weird, but it's like, eh, it's probably fine kind of thing. So, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Well, if you don't have anything, you have anything else to talk about? I got, I, one, I got words of wisdom to, yeah. to spout at the end. So uh, one thing, when we started this talking about the mindset and everything you can kind of get into with this stuff, just know, like you should really know that it's going to be very, very difficult. Uh, I've been doing the business that I'm doing for six months now, learning different stuff and haven't made really seemingly any progress on paper. Now, that obviously I know a lot yeah. in my brain. I'm much better there, but I haven't made any money. And then I also know someone that's got into a sales. I, I like, I got them into this sales program and they have DM'd hundreds of people trying to get a sales gig. It's finally landed this sales gig now. And we started this probably end of October, or whatever, all that time, not $1 made until now. And now they're finally closing for somebody, but it can take a really, really long time of you just getting nothing, no results out of it. 
to, to get success. And especially with Amazon as well, you know, you can not make a ton of money for a really long time. So if, you, if you're stuck with something right now and you feel like there's no end in sight, there probably is. It's probably just going to take much longer than all the guys on the internet tell you. It's not just going to be two months or a month. It's just going to take much longer than that because it's difficult. Yeah, no, I agree hundred percent with you there. And yeah, I just basically wanted to say like, yeah, if you're struggling right now, definitely stick with it um, because it's going to be hard. I think a lot of it is you, you, you want the result and you have to, you always have to let the opportunity, you got to stay excited about the opportunity um, because that's, what's going to get you through like the tough times. I know that's, what's like driving me right now. It's just like, Ooh, like, ah, this sucks. Like, this is difficult, but it's like, but just think like, if you get this to work, just like what that means. And sometimes maybe that's not the best thing to like do because you have to enjoy somewhat the process of what you're doing. And I actually do enjoy the process. I just want the result like now, probably like everyone else. But you just have to remember, like, when Amazon's saying, like, oh, you know, your license photo is blurry or, hey, we won't open an account because you are you didn't send the postcard or whatever they're doing, just realize a lot of people stop there. They don't do it. And if you could just push through and, like, figure stuff out, ask people questions, you will, it will be worth it. You just have to be willing to stick it out and just know just have a time horizon. I feel like sometimes you get caught up. It's not necessarily like, oh, if I don't make any money within 90 days, I'm going to stop or this or that. Like if you start an Amazon account today, like 90 days is, is nothing to be honest. Like good job, like being, you know, in it and like doing it and sourcing, but that's just like tip of the iceberg. Like, I would say it's not until like the six month mark where things really start to roll for you. I mean, you'll be making sales and stuff, but it's really going to click like in the six to eight month kind of mark. And depending on your capital situation and like if you get a mentor or stuff like that, a lot of that will determine how that goes. For the most part, be prepared. Like it's going to be like six to eight months. And if you just have to stomach that um, and just know that's just kind of how it goes. Yep, I agree. Well, if anybody has any ideas for guests, we're trying to have some guests on that aren't, you know, only yeah. Amazon type of guys. Maybe guys like us that that are doing different type of things or were in Amazon aren't in Amazon anymore. So, drop some guests below, like, comment, subscribe. Yeah. Thank you for watching. Yeah. Peace out. We'll see you guys next time. Peace.